I'm Shell, born in Scarborough, Canada, and raised in Toronto, Canada. I'm hustling as a filmmaker and video journalist in downtown Toronto. And I'm Jazzy, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Halo Halo podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting. We are both podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. Welcome to our taste test episode where we sample something fresh from the pop culture buffet, and then we'll tell you what we think. On this episode of Taste Test, Kuya samples Tresse. Yes, Tresse. And oh my gosh, Chell, can I just say so happy to have you back on our podcast. So. Oh, Kui, it's always such a pleasure to be on the Holo Holo podcast. <laughs> it's so great to have you. I miss having you and hearing your voice on our podcast. So ask me the first question. Let's go through our kind of format and we'll get right into today's taste test of Tresse. Absolutely. So Kuya, what did it taste like? What did you love, hate, and why? So Tresse reminds me of this bakery called Red Ribbon. Have you ever heard of Red Ribbon before? The name sounds familiar, Kuya. Yeah, so I'm sure your parents have done this. They brought stuff back from the Philippines 24 hours later. They bring over, like, if not Goldilocks, Red Ribbon. So Red Ribbon, known for various pastries, round cakes, half roll cakes, like all this stuff. And usually if you wanted to get a Brasa de Mercedes, you can probably go to Red Ribbon. But they have a whole bunch of different rolls besides a Brasso de Mercedes. And Tresse reminds me of Red Ribbon's triple chocolate roll, mm. which is basically triple chocolate goodness, which is both moist, made with chocolate chiffon, with fudgy chocolate filling topped with rich chocolate icing and chocolate toppings. And it is decadent and to die for. And like what I said, you know, they offer a whole bunch of pastries, round cakes, square cakes, and roll cakes. And they usually they make Brasso de Mercedes, but they have modern versions. And that's why it reminds me of the triple chocolate roll. And in some ways, Tresse is exactly that. It's a familiar piece of dessert, but with a modern twist. And it's been a clever modernization of Philippine mythology. I don't know if, if your parents have ever shared with you some of that Philippine mythology, like the Tikbalangs or the Duendes or the White Ladies or anything like I that. I feel like Duendes is probably the one that I've heard of most. <laughs> totally. Totally. And it's so fascinating watching this particular animated series where they've got Duendes and Tikbalangs and to see them all kind of come alive. And I know that I've heard all of these underground folklores growing up. And my godmother, Artita Shoni, would always say, be careful of the white lady out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are you talking about? And, you know, and I thought it was just a way of just kind of keeping me safe. But clearly they've grown up with all of this like Philippine mythology. It's been interesting seeing it reinterpreted for a modern Manila environment because the story takes place in Metro Manila. It doesn't mm -hmm. take place in the province, which is so interesting because every time I hear something about underground folklore of the Aswang, in other words, these kind of underground creatures, they are typically in the rural provinces. Like the typical story is, in the province, we found this, or in the province, we heard about this, and so forth and so on. So it's been interesting also to see how the Philippine mythology underworld coexists in the city, because I don't think I've ever heard 
any mythology where it occurs in the city. It's usually, oh, we were in the countryside and this duende came out of nowhere. Or we were in the countryside and we were confused and we thought that a capre must be around us, you know, confusing us and misleading us all, all over the place. So it's been kind of fun to kind of see a modernization and an urbanization of Philippine folklore and mythology. And the reason why I also chose this kind of metaphor of a triple chocolate roll cake from Red Ribbon is that it has a really dark production value, exactly like chocolate, rich and mysterious. And it's been just kind of wonderful to kind of mm, like tasty little morsels. I just keep wanting to eat it more and more. And so it has felt really decadent for me in a lot of ways. Sounds delicious, Kuya. Mm, yes, it has been. I have a question for you, Kuya. This might be sidetracking a little bit, but this Filipino folklore, this is pre-colonialism, right? Exactly. Is that correct? Yeah. And so these are kind of indigenous, if you will, ideas about what exists beyond the veil. And I have to tell you, Chell, like there was a time in 1986, my family came, went back to the Philippines during the snap elections. And we were out in the provinces in Pangasinan. We were swimming in at the beach there. And we came out of the water and Jessica was all blistered. She was all blistered on her back. And it was like, what happened? And we thought, are you allergic to seawater? What are you allergic to? And so we went back to our family's ancestral farm and home in Pangasinan. And our grandmother had said, oh, someone had the evil eye on Jessica. And we were like, ah. What? And so she calls over the local babaylan, for lack of better words, like a witch doctor or a healer. She looked at what Jessica had, went into like the bushes, grabbed a whole bunch of stuff and then started actually chewing, chewing on like all this greenery and then started spitting right. on her back. And it was like, what is happening? So she spit right. over all over Jessica's back. And then it's, and after Jessica would have been like really, really young at this point, yeah. which could be terrifying for a, for a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was probably, what, 14? So then that means Jessica was nine. So Jessica's nine getting spit out of the back by this woman that got called over by her grandmother. And then it was like her whole back was covered. She waited like maybe 10 or 15 minutes, then took it all off. And then everything started to heal. And then the this healer basically said, oh, yeah, someone saw something from you and wanted something from you. And so that's why you got all blistered and stuff like that. It was just like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? The best part is, is if you ask my mom, like, anything about the indigenous folklore, if we can kind of call it that, the swung and... Mm -hmm. She'll tell you, like, she doesn't believe it, but has been witness to many things. She, you know, right. so she, she holds these two kind of contradictory pieces. She's seen it happen. It, it's hard for her to believe. And it is a little bit hard to believe, but it's wonderful. Like, it's wonderful that it's being brought out. And there's actually a whole community out there. There's actually a podcast out there devoted to talking about this, making up stories or having stories about all these different mythological creatures. And it's been kind mm -hmm. of wonderful to kind of see it come to the mainstream on Netflix through Trese, which ironically enough, when I was in the Philippines in 2015 with more extended clan at that point, the kids wanted to keep going to this one particular, like I would call it the equivalent of an EB Games in the Philippines. I can't remember what sure. it's called now, but they had these comic books called Trese. And I was like, oh, I wonder what that's all about. And I was talking to the shopkeep owners and they say, oh, this is a really popular book. So it's kind of funny to see it now, like six years later, kind of come out 
on Netflix. And I'm like, what is yeah. this? Is it here? It's finally here. And then it's been fun to see a modernization of all this Philippine mythology. Cool. Queer, I want to ask you, do you think it was worth the pop culture calories? Oh, and then some. I just can't wait now for season two. It was like a really satisfying, but too often quick episode. There were six episodes altogether, 30 minutes. I found myself really deep in the folklore and really hungry for more. I just was like, oh my God, that's it? Like, there's so much more to tell. It certainly satisfied me, but I really wanted more pop culture calories with this. It occurred to me, I feel like I'm coming cold. I don't even know what Tresse is. Yes, we, I think I need to tell you a little bit about Tresse. So Tresse, is, that is the last name of our main protagonist, Alexandra Tresse. And she basically is a Lacan, or she's been a Lacan, which basically is the equivalent of chief or head. It's an old term to depict a head of a clan or of a tribe. And she heads up the human tribe, if you will. And she upholds an agreement with the folklore underworld to keeping the accords so that there's peace amongst the natural and the supernatural. And as you can imagine, things kind of just start to fall apart because of a few mysterious murders that occur within Manila, starting off with a, a zombie attack. And then it, of course, leads up to realizing that there's a bigger villain at play. And so it's incredible. Like, it kind of usually leads into the next question, like, what does it remind me of, right? And it totally reminds me of Constantine, the one with Keanu Reeves that it was also based on a comic book series, but this time meeting folklore. And it is like a true detective, you know, series of sorts. And it also reminds me of Altered Carbon, also on Netflix, where it's like tough detective work. And all along the way, are they associated with a seedy and savory underground? And it's been great seeing the Manila backdrop captured in an animation style. It's like, oh my gosh, that looks like BGC. Or, oh my God, that looks like Makati. Because I've seen these places, it's like I know exactly what they're paying homage or reference to. Tresse is like a really tough, badass detective slash, like she gets called in by the police quite often to like say, we have this like mysterious homicide and it looks supernatural. And the best part is, is like the police force is like, oh yeah, like the supernatural play havoc with us all the time. And sometimes we need our sorceress or our Lacan or Alexander Tresse to kind of come in and help solve the mystery of what supernatural being has kind of created havoc here. There is one little tidbit about the show that I do know. Mm-hmm. Is the main character um, voiced by the one and only Canadian, yes. half Filipino, yes. Shay Mitchell, Shay Mitchell. Of, Pretty Little, of Pretty Little Liars fame? Yep. So I will certainly appreciate any project that Shay Mitchell does, Kuya. You know, the interesting <laughs> part about Shay Mitchell is apparently, so she is indeed Filipino and Canadian. And what, interestingly enough, they provided her a voice dialect coach simply because they wanted to make sure that when she was saying some of the spells and incantations, she was saying them as authentically as one could. It's been That's awesome. It's been fun. And it's been fun because you can hear it both in English and dubbed in Filipino. So that's been really kind of fun to kind of go between the languages. But my first watching of this has occurred in English with Michael, because Michael and I were, were watching Tresse together. So he just wanted to kind of take it into it. I'm like, yes, the more the merrier. Very cool. Yeah, very. I feel like I've seen tidbits of this in my different social media feeds. It's sitting in my watch list. I'm very excited now to jump in. As someone who hasn't seen the series yet, would you sample it again, Kriya? I'm actually planning to do it again, but this time in Tagalog dub. 
And because as I had mentioned earlier, Michael watched it in English. And now I just want to watch it in Tagalog and see if, if I can notice any like cultural differences or differences in interpretation, just because I know that my understanding of Tagalog in one way is probably different from how they've interpreted. I'm just kind of curious. It was kind of like the other day my parents were over and I was saying like, what exactly is a Lacan? My parents started to just kind of unpack that for me. So I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm curious to watch it in Tagalog and then pause, take notes, and then go to my parents and say, I don't understand this. Why is it translated that way? And can you help me out with that kind of understanding? In terms of sampling it again, I also know too that there is a bunch of subtext that I probably missed. And a lot of cultural stuff specific to the Philippines that I probably miss because I'm not immersed in the Philippines every day. So I think it's well worth a second, third watch. And then the other is, is I'd actually like to watch it with my mom and dad and see what emerges for them. Because when they were over the other day and I was telling them about Tresse, I showed one where the Duende appear. And my dad was just tickled. He was tickled to watch it. And my mom, that's when my mom started to say to me, Anak, like, I've seen these things happen in the countryside in Pangasinan growing up, but I don't believe it, but I've seen it. So it's just, it's just kind of like, <laughs> I just want to hear more of this kind of stuff and I want to see what emerges for them. So yes, I would sample it again next time in Tagalog and the time after that, hopefully with my parents watching it, even though there's lots of homicide and gore that, that's in it. So it isn't for the faint of heart, but I prepared my parents accordingly. I think they'd be prepared to watch it, but I think at the same time, I'm just curious to see what their reaction would be about. Would you suggest as someone who is taking their first taste test, mm. when I go to watch it, would you suggest I watch it in English like you did with Michael or should I just jump straight into the Tagalog? It's like back to my triple chocolate cake. I think if you try to go right into it and dig deep right with Tagalog, I think it'll just be so rich and overwhelming. So I think it's actually worth watching it in English first and then in Tagalog next and then taking it from there. And then watch your brain explode as it starts to put things together. And it's quick and it's easy. It's like each episode is 30 minutes and there's only six episodes. Like you could... Very doable. It's very doable. You could probably do it in two sittings or something like that. And then you'll probably be texting me saying, Kuya, I just saw the episode on the blah, 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 blah. Like that just blew yeah. my mind, right? And I'd be like, yeah, I know. Blah, blah, blah. Tell me when you get to episode five, right? And <laughs> what, what happens there? It's interesting, Kuya, to hear you say that it's something you can sample again and again in different languages. It makes me think of my favorite Filipino foods that, you know, sometimes good home cooking tastes better as leftovers, like yeah. a, like the second time around. Yeah. Like it can be enjoyed multiple times. Uh, like you have exactly your main it. meal and then you have it the next day yeah. and like you can it, it just keep giving. You know, sometimes I've talked about adobo this way, that my favorite adobo is triple fried adobo and people are like what is triple fried adobo and it's basically leftover adobo or it can be leftover adobo where then you take the chicken out of the sauce you fry it crispy and then you you put it back in and then you eat it with your rice and stuff like that yeah i'm really excited because i've already actually did half of the first episode in tagalog and i was like whoa like yes it's the same story of course but the language adds so much more nuance that sometimes english just can't capture. Totally. So I'm just kind of curious to see what the translations are like. And it's like what you said, sometimes leftover food is the better food or, or just multiple samplings or just make it even more richer. So I'm, and that's, that's why I think it's so decadent and why I compared it to triple chocolate half roll cakes from Red Ribbon. Well, I know I'm going to be checking out 
ตรีอ่ะบัดคู่เอลส์วูดยูเรคเมนด์ดิสโชว์ทูฮะเกรทควอชชั่นไอวูดเซย์แอนนี่วันอินเทอร์สติดอินนอนเวสเทิร์นค